take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Kivi. Now, welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Zivi Kivi. Uh, today is a set day for the Balloon family. Royal Sorel uh, has passed away and uh, his ceremony is actually happening today. I would like to invite any of you that want to say something about Royal Sorel sometime next week and uh, making it into a special podcast about him. Please contact me on a private message or on uh, zv at balloonartistpodcast.com. The interview today would be with uh, Fiona Fisher. It's an interview I uh, have conducted in WBC 16 and is related to conventions and stuff that we can learn from conventions. I hope you enjoy the show today and see you at the other end. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. Today I'm here at WBC 16 with Fiona Fisher. In case you're not familiar with Fiona Fisher, she's like a rock star in the decor world. She does amazing deco twisting and she won so many competitions. Let me just read you a few sentences from her bio on her website, which is basically WorldwideBalloonDecor.com and uh, the name of their company, Worldwide Balloon Decor. And there's a reason for that. We'll talk about that later. So Fiona Fisher, she's a CBA, obviously. She's also a Qualtex approved instructor, and she's an award-winning balloon artist who has been in the balloon business for more than 16 years. Wow. Having gained worldwide notoriety for amazing balloon sculptures and decor, Fiona now has bases in Ireland and Italy and travels the world creating a great variety of artwork in balloons. She's won many balloon awards for her creation over the years, including Italian Master Champion, UK Decorator of the Year, European Decorator of the Year, to name just a few. Uh, so really, it's just a, an amazing uh, thing to meet with you and to learn from you. So thank you so much for your time, Fiona. Oh, thank you. Thank you for uh, interviewing me. It's a great pleasure. Cool. So the topic of our uh, discussion today is about high-end decoration, which is basically uh, my way of talking about the corporate world decoration and, you know, shopping mall decorations and all of those um, um, jobs that you do uh, in your day-to-day job, in your day-to-day life uh, to uh, bigger customers, customers that can pay higher money. So um, what do you think, uh, like tell us first a little bit about how you got into balloons so, so many years ago and uh, how you've decided to run, into the, run your business into the corporate world. Okay, well, I, st- I started uh, in the balloon business in 1999, so it's now actually 17 years. Um, and how I started was I had a, a cafe. I'm a, I love cooking. I had a cafe. Um, McDonald's went and put themselves right in front of me, built their, uh, one of their franchises right in front of me, so that really badly affected my business. So I sold the business, and my husband at the time had a small candle come aromatherapy shop in a shopping mall. So I joined him and helped him out there. And then people started to ask for um, party, party wear stuff. So at the time, there was a um, convention going on in Birmingham in the UK. 
which she said, well, why don't you go across and see what that's about and see whether the products there will be, you know, convivial for our shop. So I went across and the first thing I saw was a whole load of uh, balloon sculptures for the competitions. And I had never seen that kind of work before and I was just blown away. And I thought, this is what I want to get involved in. So I took part in all the seminars at the um, event and then came back to Ireland um, and then found, tried to find out of all the what, where I could learn the art of balloon, the balloon artistry. Um, at the time, there wasn't an awful lot uh, around, but somebody said, why don't you do your CBA? Uh, so I said, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And so I got the, the at the time they were videos, but they're now DVDs. So I did that and took my uh, CBA in 2000 and then went on from there. And because I was in a shopping mall, the shop that we had was in a shopping mall, they offered me some work. So that started me doing shopping mall work. Um, and it was because it, it just changed. It was a big shopping mall and the, the work that I did, I mean, it didn't take much to change the shopping mall to something rather boring, to something rather spectacular. And that's where I got started. Cool. And in your first years, uh, what kind of uh, deco work would you do? Uh, well, I suppose mainly I would specialize in weddings, um, general parties, but with, with shopping mall thrown in. And that just grew. The shopping mall grew, as also that I took part in competitions because my confidence grew. Uh, the competitions is what I recommend a lot of people take part in because that uh, makes you push yourself beyond your limits um, and then also to learn lots of new diff different techniques which you then can offer your customers and that's how I um, improved my artwork and then also had the confidence to go on and offer more to the, to the shopping malls. Some of your winning, piece, uh, winning pieces uh, include uh, a huge um, um, racing car which uses only modeling balloons, I think, and uh, also like the lifelike, um, uh, uh, life-size uh, elephant with, uh, I think, an Indian walk, uh, uh, riding uh, the elephant and lots of grass and uh, beneath him so uh, and 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 again your um, your huge glass of beer with some uh, i guess irish uh, leprechaun, leprechauns yes. yes thank you so uh, you you definitely uh, challenge yourself to create huge sculptures uh, was how did you decide about challenging yourself on the first uh, on the first time Uh, well, the first uh, competition I did was the Ferrari car uh, at Chicago at the International Balloon Arts Convention, which is a very similar to this world convention we're at at the moment, WBC. And uh, they, you're asked to um, build a competition uh, piece uh, from a certain size, and it's an open theme. And at the time, and I still am a very uh, big fan of Grand Prix, Uh, racing and um, I was very keen on building a car at the time I didn't realize how challenging it was going to be uh, my husband thought I was mad uh, but then he's gotten keen on the on the idea and he's very good at the frame he builds all my frames for me so he built a frame uh, and then I put the balloons around it we started off with round balloons but realized that I couldn't get the right shape that I wanted with round balloons so that's when I started using the modeling balloons um, but I use modeling balloons mainly because it adds a lot of detail. 
Um, you can't get the detail with modelling balloons uh, as the way the way you can with 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 the two sixties, one sixties, and so on. Um, and I'm one of these people who like to ha- have detail and to be able to um, to show people, uh, to, so the people, sorry, to uh, that can understand exactly what I'm building. Uh, where sometimes with round balloons, it's not quite, it's not so obvious what you're building. Um, so that's why I use them. Cool. So, so you will use basically any type of balloons that you have in your disposal in order to make a, uh, a sculpture more eye-pleasing and more accurate and that fits your aesthetics. That's right, yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I can testify myself after taking your class that you make sure that even round balloons, uh, decors for deliveries or for centerpieces that you do are getting more details with the modeling balloons and it just adds a lot of cuteness factor to your designs. That's right. Uh, The main thing about my designs, particularly when I'm teaching, but also when I'm doing my shopping mall work, is to keep it as simple as possible. Um, because first of all, it's economical for not only me, but also for my customer to pay pay for it. But it's also to make life easier when you're actually physically putting together. Uh, so I don't want anything too complicated. The only times that I make stuff that's complicated would be when I'm doing competitions, which I very rarely do nowadays, but, uh, or when I'm trying to show off, in a sense, from window displays, that type of thing, to, to show off, so to, to um, encourage a customer to come uh, and to see me about a project that they might be interested in. Otherwise, I keep uh, all my work as, as simple as I can, um, but also to try and make it as eye-pleasing as possible. So in terms of twisting techniques, like just having the proficient of doing some pinch twists and apple twists and maybe an occasional shock twist would be a, a good set of tools uh, by itself to be able to add details for um, any decor. Yes, I think that, that I think every every balloon artist should have the basics of twisting, and and it really only takes about one days of classes uh, or a class on twisting, and then you would and then as long as you practice, um, that's that's enough to be able to as long as you be able to make a flower and and, and those types of things, um, that's all you need to know. Uh, if you can go on and do some weaving and things like that, yes, of course, the more you learn, the better you'll be. But as long as you have the basics to start off with, then that's, you're fine. Cool. So let, let's imagine uh, we are now trying to help a specific uh, balloon artist who is a decorator. Maybe he's doing uh, some, uh, some deliveries. Maybe he's doing some decor for private parties. Uh, what do you think uh, this decorator would need? Uh, let's call him Joe. So what do you, need, what do you think Joe would need uh, in order to start and plan going more into the corporate work of Dico? Uh, well, the first thing that Joe's going to need is, is a portfolio. Uh, and that's one of the most difficult things just to put together. And that's where my competition pieces were very helpful because um, I built up a quite a big, as you've seen on my website, a big portfolio, and which is the thing is, that really impresses people. But you can make up a portfolio yourself, just make it at, in, in your own even your bedroom if it's big enough I mean you make up small sculptures but get really good photographs and that's the most important thing is good, is good photographs and, and if you don't have a good camera or you're not a good photographer 
um, pay somebody, a good photographer, to take the photographs um, because it's one of the most difficult things to photograph is is balloons. Even for professional photo- photographers find it difficult to, to take uh, good photographs of, of, of balloon work. Uh, so that's the first thing I need is, is photographs because you've got something you've got to be able to show uh, your customers. And nowadays, obviously, a good website uh, and Facebook and Pinterest and Instagram, all those sort of things. Um, so that's be the initial thing uh, that I uh, that I did, and then also that I what I do is I then introduce myself to all the managers around in shopping centres, and then the insurance companies, all the companies that might use your work, you know, car showrooms, those type of thing. Um, and then I just uh, mostly just cold call, and I'll just go drive up, think that's a likely company that might use my work, and just walk in with my portfolio. I'll have a disc as well with all my photographs on and I'll try and get the name of the person that might deal with that would might deal with me in the sense of you know giving me the work um, and that's that's the way I started uh, and once I got a few jobs under my belt and, and got accepted and did the work um, then other people started to see me and and then it went on from there So how would you know how to uh, how much to charge for such a big walk? Oh, well the, the charging is a difficult one. Um, the most important thing when you're when you're uh, trying to price some work is to keep your prices up high as high as you can possibly think you can get away with because um, with shopping centers particularly, they will bargain you down. So is it, you can easily come down. But it's virtually never able to go up because uh, when they start to ask you for extra things and you say, oh, well, that's another 500 pounds or dollars or whatever, they say, oh, no, 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 no. So you keep it high and then you can come down if you feel that they, they're not um, going to, say, you know, take you on. If you want to come down another few hundred pounds, thinking that will get you the work, well, then do that. But... As my motto is, I like to make money and lots of it. And so it's, it's important that you, that you keep your prices as high as possible. But the other thing what I do is to make sure that my pricing is correct, is when I have done the job, I do the thing which you, we do when you do the CBA, is a job cost form. So I just check that my pricing is correct and hopefully that I'm away above. So say something should cost, say, £500 and I'm charging £750, well, then I know that I'm doing the right thing. But if it's down to £250, uh, I'm charging and it was to be £500, well, then I've really got to make sure the next time I go for another job that I make sure I make that it's much higher. Do you think that in the early days... Balloon artist will will basically in order to create that portfolio he will need to do some work to to prove he's capable of doing a big a big job so would you recommend him doing it uh, for free or for volunteering or how would you recommend uh, Joe will start to get his photos if it's not if it doesn't fit his own bedroom? No, I, I don't like the word free when I'm... I don't like it when I'm having to pay out money free, but not, not when I'm trying to get money in. No, I don't... I generally don't do anything for free. Uh, the only time I would do some free work would be for some customers who are very, very loyal to me, and I will throw in maybe some Valentine work or something uh, for nothing just to keep them on board. But um, in general, no, uh, I'll always charge something. Um, but they will offer maybe extras which they think they're getting for extra but they're you know so that I will enhance what I'm doing you know offering them um, 
But in general, no, I don't like to offer anything free because then they start to expect um, more stuff and, and I, I prefer to keep the way I want to go on and that is to charge uh, the proper money for, for things so they know exactly where they are. These days, do you still do, do uh, the cold call? Um, not so much, but I will if I see an opportunity. I'm always looking for new opportunities, new ways to go and, and new companies to work with, work with. So if at any time I look, even if it's online, if I see a company's online that might take on my balloon work, then I will give them a cold call. Maybe literally if it's a telephone call or I will actually physically go there to the company themselves. A lot of the time, the main problem with um, the bigger companies is to get the right person, is to get the right contact. And that is the thing, is contacts is the most difficult thing. Um, so that being members of a chamber of commerce and that type of thing, that's the most very important. So you need to network all the time and eventually you hopefully will get, you get the right contacts who will, be, who will be, uh, find your work uh, interesting and want to take you on. Cool. That, that, that's uh, something that I've heard uh, in the last few days uh, more than once. So really networking and uh, knowing the right person uh, that you can pitch to. So what would you say, like how do you st- would you start a conversation? Let's say you've arrived to uh, a shopping mall and you know the person in front of you is the right person. He agreed to, to talk with you. How would you start the conversation? Well, first of all, I would be showing them some photographs. Um, of the, of my past work and the, and the, the photographs in general that I'd be showing them is my competition pieces because that's what impresses them most so I'd be showing them the Ferrari car I'd be showing them something corporate which is like the Guinness pint uh, the elephant those sort of things and that's what really impresses then I'll start to show them things like the Titanic that, which I made in 2012 for the Belfast um, Victoria Square Um, and then that, if that hasn't already got them, then I'll show them more, more shopping center stuff. And then also some things that I've done in, in Stockholm, in uh, India, in Denmark and things. So that, you know, then they know that I'm a professional uh, artist and I, and I wouldn't be letting them down. And, and obviously not any uh, shopping mall that you go to will then later close with you. So like it takes some legwork and some effort in order to find the right person and the right time and the right budget. So how do you encourage yourself uh, and keep on pushing? Uh, it's, it's, you really have to be patient and you have to just keep pushing. And the, the thing is, a lot of the, the shopping centers nowadays are going on to agencies, event agencies, and they're more difficult to work with because they tend to charge on top of your charge. Uh, so sometimes that makes your work a lot more expensive and then the shop, you know, they haven't then got the budget. So it does become much more difficult. But I do try to work directly with the shopping centers because t- if you tell them, look, if you work directly with me, it'll work out a lot cheaper for them. But it's, it's not easy, but you just have to keep working, working at it, working at it, and eventually you should be able to get there, particularly if you do the good jobs uh, and you have the portfolio and keep on on Facebook and pushing it out there. You will, you will, um, you will get there in the end. You travel the world a lot uh, with your instruction uh, job and you uh, teach in conventions all over the world, but you also strike jobs uh, in many, in many uh, locations like in Sweden and uh, in uh, many other locations. So I would like you to describe 
what are the essential tools that you just have to have with you on an site on an on-site job where you don't have your studio you don't have your um, your equipment what would you actually have to have in such a job I don't actually have to take that much uh, generally I need to take my plans of the work that I'm going to do uh, I need some scissors I need some, uh, some pumps uh, some tape measures um, pens pens That's about it because most of the, the most of the um, machines and things like that I can source within the country that I'm going to so I just sort order them uh, through the distributor uh, so if I need common uh, precision airs or you know things like that uh, I'll get all those and extension needs all those sort of things so I just send them a list of all the things I need uh, and then they will supply them to the whatever centers uh, that I'm working on so basically I just have to put my personal tools that I keep with me whether I'm teaching or, or doing shop, shopping center work and uh, what about the like what are the actual tools that you want to have that you get from the distributor so let's talk about uh, about it more specifically like precision air the, the dual split sizer and so on what exactly well, do you like to work with in such a job The, the most important machine I use is precision air because in general all my work generally all my work is is air filled um, because with helium obviously it doesn't last long enough for me so in general it's a precision air um, I may have a pro air as well common pro air if I'm using uh, three foots but those would be the two main machines and then it depends on the quantity of machines so it depends on how many people are working for me and the size of the job whether I need one two three four. Um, but otherwise it's mainly things like um, mag poles with magnets because it depends on the shopping centers whether I have I need lifts or or I can just use as I say the magnets um, I need ground covers I need um, extension leads but I make what I do is I make a product uh, list for me I have a, a template in my computer and I just fill out the list I need and I do that for every job. So that I make sure that I don't leave anything behind, because there are like certain things like you need um, um, rigging lines and things like that, and uh, some of them I'll need metal wire because if it's if it's that some of my sculptures have to be made from uh, aluminium, so that there's a certain amount of weight, so you need something you know something well really strong, uh, and I'll need electrical fittings and things like that to be able to tie uh, tie them up properly. Um, so I always make um, a list and the most important thing when I'm doing my large-scale decor is to be efficient uh, so having lists and to-do lists and I also have make sure make a timetable for myself because um, you only have a set time to make something uh, so I normally have on average about three to four days uh, so I make sure that I have certain things that have to be finished in certain times so the efficiency is a, is a very very important in large-scale decor Usually in such a job, uh, how many people will help you? Uh, on average, uh, it's normally just two of us, just me and my husband. But uh, for the larger work, like when I did with the Titanic, uh, we were six in all um, doing the actual balloon work. The, it was done, the frame was done three weeks beforehand. My husband and myself uh, made the framework and then put the netting on it. And then we moved it by a large, scale, a large lorry. To the, um, to the venue and then that's when four other p people came in and uh, we then put the balloons on and hung it up 
so uh, you got your tools, you know how many people you, you need. Uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about the design itself. Um, do you need, do you use pen and paper to do that? Do you use uh, some kind of software? What, what do, how do you make the actual design, the plan of the design? Um, I use pen and paper. Uh, I'm not very techy. I'm not very good at computer. Um, so in general, what I do um, is if somebody says, right, um, I want some Halloween designs done, um, I will go onto the computer and, go, and, and literally Google it and um, I will come up with, I'll go on to Pinterest, I'll go on to um, just Google and images and, and, look, and put in various keywords and just research it until I come up uh, with some ideas that I think that, that would be um, easy to put together in balloons. I'll then, add, I'll then start to make drawings, um, which I'll just do by hand, uh, and then I'll transfer them to the computer if I can. Uh, but as I say, I'm not that terribly um, computer-minded, so I'm not very good at that. But, so I will use general drawings uh, to show the thing, but then enhance it with images from, the, from, the, from, the, from Google. Are, tho are those designs things that you need to approve with the customer usually? Oh, yes, 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 no, in general. Some of the, 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 sh the shopping centers would uh, leave me to do my own designs and trust me to come up with the, with the ideas um, and just let me get on, get on with and making it. Some of them would be more specific. Um, it varies. It, it varies from shopping center to shopping center. Cool. Um, so... Uh, we're running uh, close to the end of the show today uh, we've talking about so many things like the tools the way to plan your job uh, scheduling all of those things that you do which helps you to go and do and strike a job uh, of high caliber and uh, those are really awesome tips and uh, encouragement um, what other tips do you have in general for a decorator in his uh, early days how do you think he should improve his uh, profession oh there's so many ways um, one of the things that is, is important particularly when you're doing large scale decor is to have to make a balloon contract with your customer Um, because you must have you know make sure that you put down all the main things that you're going to make and but also that the aspects of prices uh, in the sense of the cost of the job um, and who's going to pay for it and when um, so that you know exactly who you know who to deal with when that's going to happen and when it's going to happen um, otherwise it's really um, to get more experience so you need to go to conventions to get ideas Um, the computer is obviously very good in the sense of YouTube, all that, so they can learn off. You can learn lots of that, lots of new techniques off YouTube, um, and just continue learning, continue practicing, um, and continue just pushing your work through through um, cold calling, um, whatever whatever way you think. And I just try and promote myself, whether it's walking up the high street. Um, holding balloons or anything that I can get some free publicity out of um, that's the way to go and, and the work should hopefully cross fingers will come to you Do you get the questions a lot of uh, do you do birthdays? I do uh, but I, I, don't, I generally don't do that anymore I keep to the large scale decor um, I, when I had a shop which I, I had a shop up 10 years ago which I sold 
Uh, but then, then I used to do birthdays a lot and, and weddings and things. But nowadays, no, I just you know, mostly keep to the large-scale decor, uh, which is where there is more money to be made uh, than the smaller stuff. And also, I, I do a lot of teaching, so that um, which is what I enjoy doing. I enjoy passing on uh, my experiences and my work to other people. Uh, that, that's so awesome. So, Fiona Fisher, uh, you've been an inspiration for us uh, for many years. In case you're not familiar with Fiona's work, you really need to check it up. Fiona strikes, on average, 10 huge um, decor work for corporate customers a year. She's a teacher in multiple conventions. She creates very good content for the conventions itself. And meeting with you and watching your sculptures, even when you're doing the smaller ones in class that are uh, deliveries or bouquet pieces, they are always... Very appealing. So you, it's obvious that you have a very, a very good touch uh, with design. So I really thank you for that. If someone would like to go and uh, learn more about your work, where should he go? Well, you can come. I have a, a balloon school out in Italy. Uh, so if you go on to balloonsintuscany.com, but it doesn't matter whether you go on Facebook or Worldwide Balloon Deck or Balloons in Tuscany, they're all connected. So you should be able to uh, find me somewhere. Um, and you can come and learn if you want to come on holiday to Italy and you can come and learn balloons one-to-one uh, there as well. You can also come in Ireland if you want to, but in Italy that's where I specialise there, so you can come to Balloons in Tuscany. Um, and I would look forward to seeing, uh, seeing, it, seeing people out there. It would be great fun because I, I really enjoy it there and the, the wine, the food and the sun is all great. And the balloons. <laughs> yes, and the balloons, of course. Yes. <laughs> uh, so definitely you're living the dream uh, and I will add all the links for the Balloons in Tuscany website and uh, of your uh, worldwide balloondecor.com website on uh, balloonartistpodcast.com on the show notes. So again, thank you so much, Fiona, for your time and uh, see you soon in the class. Thank you very much. Very kind. Thank you. Thanks. All right, that was the interview with Fiona Fisher. Uh, she's such a wonderful person and uh, such a generous uh, teacher. So uh, learning with her face-to-face uh, in WBC is such a good experience that I can only imagine how wonderful it can be for people to uh, fly to Tuscany in Italy and learn uh, directly from her or meet uh, Fiona Fisher in Ireland. I would like to share with you guys that next week on the Facebook group, the Balloon Artist Facebook group, there will be an interesting event, which is a a Facebook Live event. Um, I will share this time some details on in advance, and uh, if you are available, I would love for you to join. It will be a very interesting show. Again, if someone would like to talk about Royal Sorel and to share his memories with Royal Sorel on the podcast. It can be even just for a few minutes, for two to five minutes. Then uh, please contact me. Uh, see you on the Facebook group Balloon Artist. And thank you for spending the time here in the Balloon Artist podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation, Zivi Kivi here, and this is the tip section of Season 3, Chapter 4. The tip of today is a tool for PC 
that helps you to find out what is the hex hex color value of a picture of something in a picture it's called instant eye dropper so if you google instant eye dropper i'll also put a link for this on balloonartistpodcast.com this tool it's free and when you take a look at your logo that was designed by a designer you can find out what are the actual colors that they used and then you can create more designs like in canva for free or in uh, design bold or in any other uh, graphic tools or just you know change your website so that it will use the same hex colors that were used in your logo or that were used in a in a design that you like online uh, if you're looking for other colors that will work for your website you can also look in google and write down palette color for websites and then you'll get all kinds of combinations that are just beautiful so then you can use uh, the instant eyedropper there as well and learn what is the hex value of each color so i hope you work on your marketing work on your websites improve them uh, i use instant eyedropper quite often and uh, wanted to share this with you guys see you next week may you only know good news and may you never know any sorrow and uh, please drive safely see you guys